You gotta fight for your right to fly. <laughs> Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Hello, welcome to the RC Roundtable. I'm Fitz Walker, and joining me as usual is Lee Ray. Good morning. And Terry Dunn. Howdy who there. And we've got a very special guest this time. We've got modeler extraordinaire and owner of Park Fire Plastics, Mr. Keith Sparks. Yay. Hey, Keith. Hey, I'm back. Hey, Keith. Great. Thanks for joining us. It's you, always you fun got to our be check? back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stand back. We'll bounce it to you. Did we order enough parts? <laughs> <laughs> Buy parts. We'll talk. <laughs> you doing okay, Keith? Oh, I'm doing fine. It has been too long, Keith. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? You're our honorary, okay. honorary member. Yeah, we'll, we'll make it up. So let's get on with the show. Uh, first up is some uh, some interesting and somewhat depressing news. Uh, I guess we, we, we probably, if you're an AMA member, you probably all got the email from the AMA stating that uh, to write your congressman and call him up that uh, the rules for 336 are... are in the process of being changed or being threatened to be changed and that uh, uh, everybody out of the pool, all hands on deck, this is not a drill. I don't think changed uh, is the correct word. I think well, obliterated would be more accurate. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. And uh, I know, Lee, you're our resident 336 expert. What's your hot take on this? Uh, I'm not going to claim to be an expert on this. I'm going to just tell you what I've been finding uh, left and right and seeing some posts. Number one, it, it does appear there's, uh, and we had this discussion when they were doing the Reauthorization Act, and luckily it just got, you know, side-tabled uh, last year, so it looks like they're back in action, and, and the, the intent here is to just completely remove Rule 336. Uh, another article I found, however, is actually a bill, and I'm not sure if it pertains to the removal of 336, but it's actually a bill concerning drone regulations. And boy, I hate using that word. Uh, in this case, they're actually saying unmanned aircraft or UAV. Uh, but I'm finding a bill called HR 536, excuse me, 5366, and <laughs> I'm going to go through this, uh, bear with me, and I'm going to let you guys chat about it, but the short title of this bill says, this act may be cited as the Safeguarding America's Skies Act of 2018. Oh, you know they're in trouble now when they use that kind of wordage. <clears throat> yeah, and again, I, I don't believe this is the actual 336 removal part, but this is something we should be considering as well, or alongside with the, uh, the removal of 336, but let me just give you a couple of the actions authorized by this proposed bill. Number one, detect, identify, monitor, and track without prior consent a UAV, including by means of interception of or other access to wire, oral, electronic, or radio communications or signals transmitted to or by the UAV to evaluate whether the UAV poses a reasonable threat to the safety or security of a covered facility or asset. How, did, how does that make you feel warm and fuzzy? What, so they can spy in on your radio transmission. That's one. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, it gets, it gets better. Stay, 
Get comfy, buddy. Number two, or B in this document, warn the operator of the UAV, including by passive or active and direct or indirect physical, electronic, radio, and electromagnetic means. Holy crap! (laughs) Take a sip of that. Did you say that in English? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, they can shoot you, zap you, irradiate you, You, you microwave you. (laughs) You like that? Wait for the other two. (laughs) Number, uh, excuse me, number C. (laughs) C. Redirect, alter control, disable, disrupt, seize, or confiscate without prior consent a UAV that poses a reasonable threat as determined under subsection A, including by intercepting, substituting, or disrupting wire or electronic or radio communications or signals transmitted to or by UAV. Oh, that's what happened to my plane last weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't the wind. Uh, D, use reasonable force to disable, disrupt, damage, or destroy a small unmanned aircraft, unmanned aircraft system, unmanned aircraft, or unmanned aircraft's attached system, payload, or cargo that poses a reasonable threat to the safety or security of a covered facility or asset. And finally, conduct research, testing, training on, or evaluation of any equipment, including any electronic equipment, to determine its capability and utility to enable. Okay, well... What's the definition of covered facility or asset? Are they talking about doing all this stuff within the vicinity of like a, a nuclear launch site or something? It, I, it, it doesn't say. Or is it anywhere? It doesn't say. I mean, I'm looking at this. It's it's, it's basically a Homeland Security bill. Um, I can see these things being, I don't think reasonable is the word, but I, I can see people talking about this to protect vital infrastructure. Fine, people shouldn't be flying near that stuff. But if you're talking about your park. Yeah, it could be appropriate in certain situations. If you've got a terrorist flying some sort of armed uh, remote control device and you know he's heading towards the White House or something like that or a nuclear asset or something, then yeah, take any and all measures to stop it. But it sounds like the wording is very broad in this case. And it's, (laughs) you know me, I'm... I'm a Second Amendment uh, supporter. I, I have firearms. I'm an NRA certified instructor. You, you start taking one guns or you start simming one guns, it just progresses to the next level. That's why the big concern. I think if you let this bill pass and you make it's kind of broad on what is a covered facility, you could actually say a covered facility is a house. A covered facility is a, a gazebo at a park. I'm, I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> exactly. That a exactly. That is the crack in the dam. So is this the bill that's being, or whatever, the effort being pushed by the Commercial Drone Alliance? Now, I, that's, well, no, see, that's the thing. I, I think Commercial Drone Alliance is pushing the bill to get rid of 336. I think this bill, this HR bill, is just another, uh, something else that we haven't uh, really been fully aware of yet. So I think the problem is that this bill, once 336 is gone, this bill will start being pushed because it will start controlling the the skies, the America's skies, or rather, excuse me, it'll be safeguarding America's skies, as they <laughs> right. they put it in a nice italic font there. So, what are your thoughts, guys? I feel safer already. Like I said, it, it's it's the crack in the dam. Once you get once they get their foot in the door, it's just an amendment. I, I hate you know what I hate saying commercial drone alliance as much as I hate saying the word drone. I mean, they got the darn word right there in the middle. But it just yeah. seems to me that this this organization, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Their goal is to uh, obliterate any other uh, users of UAVs to free themselves of all frequencies available, 
at this point. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they should have just got their own darn frequencies. But to, to, to get them all out, to get 2.4 and 5.8 out of the system, so they are in charge of the skies. Well, they don't want your measly little park flyer to have a midair with their delivery drone. So they need you out of the way, Lee. Exactly. So if they're an alliance, there must be a lie against somebody. As it sounds, sounds like us, it might be us. Me and you, yes. And so that's the funny thing about it. It's not even like a subversive name of their group. It's the Commercial Drone Alliance. We want to fly drones for commercial purposes. Get out of the way. <laughs> and it, we if it have wasn't bad enough, money to make it happen. CNN is one of their sponsors, so you know, they just, CNN just made me angrier. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to do politics on this show, but man, <laughs> darn Why it. would CNN be in a sponsor is they want news coverage they are used they use news drones oh okay but i said that i'm gonna like have a little heart attack every time i use that word <laughs> your life gets 10 minutes shorter but you know what maybe i maybe i will use cnn and drone in the same sentence because they they go so well together <laughs> <laughs> all right so give us some good news what else do you have there is no good news i i we need everybody to submit their letters, documentations. There's a link that we'll put on uh, oneclickpolitics.com to submit your information. I think that's if you're an AMA member, though. So if you're not an AMA member, you still can go to the AMA's modelaircraft.org website and find out who your local representatives are and send some letters. Now, what I'm going to do, and I don't know if it'll work or not, I'm actually going to type up a document to share on my face, my personal Facebook for, uh, page for my friends that actually says, uh, you know, my good friend, and it'll be my name with my AMA number, uh, you know, is concerned about this uh, Rule 336 being taken. He's a longtime hobbyist. And what do we call it? A uh, life, what was it? I can't remember. <laughs> I what don't we, know. What do we Lifetime call it? Modeler? No, what was the book? Do you speak oh, Model Airplane? Lifer. Uh, yes. A model anyway. airplane linguist. <laughs> he's he's a model airplane guy. Uh, to to have them send that lo- uh, document on behalf of me, you know, to say you know he is very concerned and you know I support his his uh, his aviation or his hobby. And it's a hobby, you know. Let me try to do that again. I'm using the word hobby with my quotation marks. It is a hobby, you know. This is not some crazy thing that needs to have this much regulation. I've been doing it my entire life, and I'm, I'd love to hear Keith's side because uh, Keith, I know you've been doing it way longer than me. You know, and I just I can't imagine that they just want to basically shut this hobby down because some people want to deliver a package. Yeah, and they're gonna do it too. They're gonna do it. Big big money talks. You can go back to to whenever they founded the country. People were starting to make their own their own uh, liquor, and that's what they were they were taxing it. You can't make you can't do that. We need the money. Everybody was against it, but they did it anyway. It's, it's, it goes back to the very start. So, well, let's analyze that for a second. So if our dark overlords are successful and 336 goes away, does that mean we have to go get certified to fly? Do we have to get our own 107 or whatever the new equivalent would be? I don't well, know. What, I'm, what I'm reading on AMA's website is, yes, it does appear that we would all be falling under the Part 107. So we'll go down to the local FAA office, take our test, get our picture taken, give them our fingerprints and stool sample. And can you imagine? This is this is the craziness, and I I know our listeners are in the hobby, and and you have to have a 13 year old kid who wants to get into this hobby because at 13 is the age of the 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 registration. They'd have to register. They'd have to pass a Part 107 in order to fly a model airplane 
A, singular. One model airplane. And then they have to renew their license. What is it, every two, three years for Part 107? I don't know because I don't have it, although I'm not against a Part 107. I fully support a Part 107 if you are a commercial pilot. If you are using your aircraft or quadcopter in, in support of a business, I think that's perfectly sound and reasonable. I but I don't, do, I don't believe it has any place for a hobbyist, someone who wants to just go fly. A, a, it, oh, my gosh. I mean, the Champ S+. Plus. I'm not necessarily sure it falls under the weight limit. I don't think well, it does. That thing goes rogue. You never know where it's going to end up. It's <laughs> a bad example. Well, okay. Well, and I certainly, I'd, I'd prefer you turn it off, okay? Um, but that's my point. I, I don't think that little tiny airplane would qualify. It's probably just over the weight limit. And that's insane to believe that that's reasonable. You know, it's funny you bring up that example because to me, if there's going to be a line drawn, it wouldn't necessarily be commercial or hobbyist. It would be GPS or non-GPS because that's the difference between having the skill to operate it and depending on automation. Hmm. So Yes, I agree. So leave non-GPS alone. If you want to put some rules on GPS enabled stuff then make it reasonable but there but there lies another problem you these i hate to say it i mean you like to think you're voting for smart people but our representatives our senators they're not intelligent to know the difference they hear the word drone it's knee-jerk reaction you got cnn damn them you know who who bastardize the terminology on their news media and make it every so like you know things are flying did a drone bring down the southwest airline jet we'll never know i mean they're gonna they're gonna make accusations like that but you're right. I mean, if it's a waypoint-driven device, if it's if it's GPS, if it's automated where your hands are off and it's doing it, that's an issue I think is certainly Part 107. If you're going to do that, I think that makes sense. But if your hands on line of sight and you're flying a little airplane within a football field range, why? It, it's insane. Well, our government would never pass an insane law, so rest easy. Oh, okay. Phew. <laughs> So, yeah, I think the key here is just uh, keep your eyes open. Be proactive. Write those letters to the AMA. Uh, excuse me, to the FAA as advised by the AMA. Yeah. I, and this is just my opinion and what I plan to do. But I, you know what? It's, it's a, a, I'm a photographer. A, fo a photo will tell you, you know, share a thousand words. You know, it'll tell a story. If you have photos of you with your, your friends or your children or you as a kid flying model airplanes, those are the ones that will make an impact. I'm going to be sending them photos of me and my kids doing a family event at, like, best. You know, I have some great photos of me and Austin flying at best. These are the ones where you tell them, that this is not the kind of regulation that needs to be between a father and a son flying a model airplane at an event. It's, it's, it's too harsh. You know, show the photos of the guys dropping packages <laughs> on top of people's heads. You know, and say, that's, those are the ones you need to uh, address. And, yeah, and it, but there's a $20 bill taped to the back of that photo. <laughs> so... <laughs> There's a little secret. No, but but you have to make you have to make an impact. You, you know that the simple letters are going to get just sent right through. The ones with the photos that, that show what you're doing is different. And I kind of say feel the same way about gun regulation. When when people started doing these marches, and again I'm, I won't keep it political, but all these anti-gun marches, which you know the number of people killed in mass murders is way less than people killed in drunk driving. So that's my stance on that. But when they started talking about banning guns, I started seeing an influx of hunters with their family and their friends doing something that's been a hobby and a safe hobby for a long time. And those are the ones that caught my attention. Those are the ones that I know were, were posted a lot on social media. 
And so I encourage everybody to do the same thing. Post those photos of you with your friends and enjoying a hobby that has been so dear to me and I'm sure to you as well since you're a listener of our podcast. So I wonder if um, any sort of ban in RC becomes obvious, if there's going to be a surge in purchases of high-capacity drones or you know, whatever the equivalent is. High-capacity drones. <laughs> wow. <It's laughs> high-capacity drones. I, I, I don't know what the, what the equivalent <laughs> would be, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, AR-15 sales no. spike every time AR, somebody talks AR-15 about... AR-15 drones? Is that what you're... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. gosh. I didn't say that. Assault drones. Wait, that drone Assault has drones. 10 for Why don't that black suburban just pull up in front of my house? Yeah, they, I gotta go. Fully automatic drone? A fully semi-automatic drone. That's the, that's the whole joke. <laughs> well, you guys saw that. Fully automatic assault drone. Yeah, the, assault drone. dumb oh kid in Connecticut put a pistol on a drone. Well, that was, oh, yeah. And, and you know what? It's like we all agreed. That was do? ridiculous. That was insane. Yeah, it was. Just like we all agreed that the, the gentleman who uh, murdered all those people in the church, he had, he was just, wasn't he an arm, on a disarmably discharged? And the Air Force did not fully, you know, submit the information where he should not have been allowed. Again, there were, there were steps missing, you know. Things skipped. So, it, don't put guns on drones. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, I think my joke kind of took a south turn there. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it is dark. But it's, it's but but I'm, I'm nodding going, that just, it was so stupid. There are a lot of stupid things that we could all agree on. But... Taking rule three three six is not. I mean, that's it. It, it really, really, it really hurts, guys. So, uh, I hope you've had enough of that. Please write your congressman. Please don't give up. You know, and call them. I haven't done either one yet, but it is on my to do list. Have either of you guys taken action yet? I sent my. I did the check. Sorry. The AMA had a link that I posted, uh, that we'll post, and then I put my name in and stuff. So I sent that off. So on their on their little list, and I think they're trying. They're sending it as like a, a list of all their memberships who are the members who are approving the link. Right. But they're yes, they're, they also have links to your congressman. I haven't sent that letter, but obviously Terry and I in the past have mentioned when we sent our letters the first time around. <laughs> They were completely misread. Right. You get a, a thank you letter. Oh, thanks for sending me the note. I agree with you. I hate drones. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> That's why I'm sending photos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it's still true, but I understand that sending an actual letter through snail mail is more effective than email. Really? When, you, when you're talking to your congressman or that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. We'll do it all. Well, yeah. 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 Hit them from all sides. Get a banner and fly over DC. Yeah, with a drone. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's like 10 steps back, Fitz. <laughs> One step forward, 10 steps back. <laughs> okay, have don't, we beat don't that do the Dan Craig style. All right, well, I, I think that's enough depressing news for now. Uh, hopefully, it won't get worse, but hey, this is. This is our government. Yeah, and, and if you stayed in, if you stayed in this long for through that, you've you've done a good job because now it's all Keith. Now, I'm sure we got a lot of fun stuff to talk with Keith, right? Oh, Keith? we have one quick. Th- well, we have one more quick thing. Oh, do we? Yeah, the Hobby Express. Is it? Oh, that's good news though. But it's good news. Oh, okay, yes. yay. Okay, we're we're moving our way up to good stuff. All right, go. The uh, the hobby shop formerly known as Hobby Lobby, now known as Hobby Express, uh, they had some sort of auction. I guess they were selling off the assets and, and the website address and that kind of stuff. And for a while, it looked like they were just going to disappear. But lo and behold, a company, a little little nice little company called Carolina Custom Kits, 
picked up the Hobby Express name and has moved the uh, headquarters from Nashville, Tennessee to Asheville, North Carolina. Watch <laughs> your <literally>. mouth. <laughs> I don't have enough soap. Uh, so they uh, moved locations. Not quite clear what they're going to do with Hobby Express, other than it looks like they've they're going to continue or reintroduce the Telemaster series. Uh, Carolina Custom Kits, for, from what I know, does a lot of laser cutting of their own brand of kits, and of course anything you want. They they just introduced a really nice, really big Cessna three three seven kit that's caught my eye, and a really big Telemaster, like fifteen foot wingspan. God. Yeah, yeah, the Telemaster is the big story. That's an ultralight. That's not a modular <laughs> wing. <laughs> Terry, do you remember if, it, if they said it was going to be a three-piece wing? I don't know. Okay. It's big, so <laughs> it, might, it might need a couple of chops. <laughs> we should reach out and ask them about some of this stuff. Oh, yeah, it'd be nice to talk to them. I'd be really curious, what, what's their plans? What, are they going to open up another storefront, or are they just going to use the name uh, and continue on with it, their own special line of kits? Uh, is it going to be anything like the old Hobby Lobby or what, what's going to go on? That's yeah, I looked around on their website, and it looks like the Telemasters will continue as kits only. They do still have some of the Pilot 1 ARFs, so I don't know if they're just getting rid of the old stock that they purchased or if they're going to continue that line. So, again, we should reach out to them and find out the details. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. I'm on it. All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Here, Lee, you did great with the AMA thing. Good God. Yeah. <laughs> Are the veins still <laughs> popping out of your head? Keith, did I motivate you? Are you going to write your letter right now? Yeah, <laughs> that's, how, that's how we should start. Wait a minute. I'm still typing my letter to my congressman. <laughs> really? I, there you go. Terry, tap on some keys, and I'll say it was me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Keith, it's always good to have you back on. So, what's uh, new? Uh, I'm kind of reworking um, reworking the website a little bit. Uh, my uh, the radio faces that I've been selling for uh, for the ARFs because the Chinese seem to think our radios look like wagon wheels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> you know what, um, Keith? That is so great because a friend of mine posted uh, one of those ra- wagon wheels for a P47. And he, he did a little video online. He took a hammer to it. He goes, this is what we do with crappy radials. <laughs> he see, just beat now, it to death. Now, see, that's, that's kind of one of my pet peeves because uh, the, the motors that I made, the motors that I've been selling, the, the radials were made, the vacuform tools were made by hand. Um, and they, look, they don't look as good as they should. So I uh, bought a 3D printer. I designed a, a file to print a nine-cylinder radial engine. This is where I'm starting. Um, I printed the tooling for it, and I'm working on casts right now. So the radials are going to be, I think I've got like eight eight sizes available right now, but they're going to look totally scale and have 
13 sizes available. So, um, yeah, there's going to be a marked improvement on the radial faces on the website, and I'm not going to stop there. So what you're selling is still vacuum-formed faux radials, just yes. you're using a, a new and improved plug for them. Yes, that's true. The the God, the, these 3D printers are great, and uh, using them to do my tooling, uh, it's a marked improvement. So, as a guy who had never done 3D printing before this, what was the learning curve like? Oh, gosh, I, be, I bet I started on that, um, I think it was in December, I started, I had to, I got Fusion 360, the design program for 3D, uh, 3D design, I had to learn Fusion 360, buy a 3D printer and learn how to use that and calibrate it and all that mess. Uh, right now I'm in the middle of uh, learning how to print different plastics. Um, it takes a really, really long time for this stuff to print because I'm doing it uh, as, what do they call it, high, high detail, ultra yeah. detail. That's what it is. Good gosh. Something like, that Good, better, that best, and bestest? Oh my! Well, I went. I went with the very best I could, and that last radial has got a, I think it's a six-inch radius, and I think it was a fifty-six-hour print. Fifty-six hour. That, yeah. It, what it's kind of resolution are you using? Oh, did you change the tip on it from the point four to something else? Yes, I went really oh, fine. Oh, <laughs> if, man! If, if if you're going if you're going to print fins on a radial. It's got to be ultra fine, otherwise it, yeah. it just looks like I, I I don't like 3D prints that look like it was made with Legos. So, <laughs> so, I, so I'm I'm willing to wait. This 3D printer's been running, gosh, since Valentine's Day. I think I've always had something on it and running. It's earning its money. But yeah, you don't have to babysit it. You just push the button and go live your life. That's oh, pretty much well, it, but you still have to come back and check on it. I was going to say, because Fitz has had one of those episodes. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've printed a ball of tumbleweed before because the piece broke off or something like that. Or you know. <laughs> I've actually thought about putting a remote camera on it and a remote switch. That way, if I'm at work, I'm printing something, I can peek in on it. If it's something bad happens, I can remotely shut it off. I saw that on YouTube. There's a, a camera and a circuit board you can plug into your 3D printer to keep an eye on it through your phone. And yeah, turn yeah. it off. Yep. Pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Can it build my plane too while it's at it? Because you know, <laughs> save me some real real time. <laughs> <laughs> you need to watch uh, Lee. You need to watch uh, YouTube. There's a guy that did a video. I think it's called uh, Why 3D Print, and he starts off at, at the end. At the end, he comes back around and says, "Oh, but it's really cool. It's so cool." In the beginning, he just. He just whining and whining about how much work it is, how many problems you run into, and why would you want to do this to yourself? But then he's, he he flips it at the end and talks about how cool it is. Yeah, there's usually some teething problems when you just start if you're really new to it. But in the end, it is definitely worth it. And it's been one of those things that's like, how do I live without this thing? Mm-hmm. Exactly. But you gotta you got to do the homework and you got to do the work. Yeah. yeah, I'm still in the early frustrating stage. I haven't bust out yet. Well, I, I haven't printed anything that's free online yet. I, I've just been printing the stuff that I've drawn in Fusion 360. Well, yeah, kudos to you for uh, picking up through Fusion 360 and learning it, because it is a nice program. I play with it a little bit, but I just haven't had the time to sit down and really uh, learn the ins and outs of it to do some really neat stuff, other than some really 
basic things. And I've got some things I want to do, just haven't been able to get around to it. Uh, but that is one of the better programs that you can get for free that I've seen, uh, in my in my opinion, that is. Oh, yes. it's uh, There's so many options and so many things you can do with it. Um, this new plane that we'll talk about in a moment, the the constellation i needed a a special made bell crank in the in the rear of the plane because all five of the rudders move so i print i printed a bell crank and it works great well that's a good segue because i was going to ask you about that next you uh you gave us a all three of us a little a cryptic quiz the other day um although it was a little misleading i have to say yeah, that's what uh. made it hard. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's do this, Keith. We're gonna we're gonna take a long pause so people can like pause the recording. But ask ask the question, and then we'll let people pause, and then we'll each give our answers. Well, I just told you what the airplane was. No, but t- the, the, but the oh well, I'm missing it. It's too late. Uh it's too late. Well, we we yeah. really talk about it. But. Well, we'll repeat. The, he asked. He goes, "What has P thirty eight wings and four engines?" Right. And we're thinking, the heck. A P-38 with four engines? Was it some sort of off-ball experimental during the war or something? Or uh, Well, I, it underst- out- I understood. I mean, I figured, no, we're not throwing four engines on a P-38. I figured he meant what's got the same design or, or scale. Well, that's not how he wrote it. Well, that's how I read it. So good. I got oh, it, well, it Keith. <laughs> see, I'm a, more, I'm a more literal person. So I'm thinking, what did they pull P-38 wings off of? Because they've done that before. That's how the Super Guppy was started. It had B-29 wings they start with and that kind of stuff so it's been done before but what he meant was what has the same shape as a p-38 wings but four engines sorry i guess that was misleading <laughs> a, and then you had a couple other clues and then we all oh, the constellation which also has p-38 shaped tails too because he liked those tails so much well uh, see I, whenever i whenever i got the three views out and started studying and reading up on this airplane um, that's my favorite part about building models is learning about the plane that I'm working on because you learn so much. Whenever I found out it had the same wing plan as a P-38, then it, uh, looking at the pictures, I was like, well, of course, that's, oh, my God. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, I, why didn't I see that? So, so it's a fighter plane airliner. Yeah, and well, and then now Lee's taught me that the that the tail feathers are the same. Although I haven't read that anywhere. No, I taught you that. Oh, you did. I'm sorry, Fitz. Where did you pick that up at? Oh, I, I read that somewhere a long time ago. Okay, cool. Yeah, look it up. Well, well, anyways, tell us the details about this thing. Give us all the gory, beautiful, wonderful details. Well, go back even earlier. What inspired you to do a, a Lockheed Constellation? Um, I've kind of kind of always wanted to do it. Pat Triddle did one. Uh, with um, uh, with balls toothpicks. Yeah, yeah. The way the, the, you know the way Pat builds, and I've seen the video, and it it flies great. Um, it was either going to be a beat. What inspired me was I have four engines in the four motors in the shed doing nothing. <laughs> okay, so it started the with the motors. It started with the motors. What can I build with these four motors? Is that correct? Well, no, no, that's true. I I my, the first step was to take one of these motors and see what kind of prop works best on it. I found a scale propeller that I can get at my hobby shop that fits the plane, and I started there, and that's where the scale came from, was a, a, an 8-inch propeller. The downside is it's a four-blade prop, and the Constellation had three. But anyway, that's where I started. Um, I was thinking B29 because it was a four-blade prop, 
but that's just a tube. That's really easy. I wanted that that unusual shape that the Constellation has, so that's why I went that direction. Yeah, there's not a straight line on that airplane. No, it isn't. And uh, um, I wanted to build it like I did the quarter-scale P-40 because that thing came out so light. So yeah. you guys have seen the video. Pardon me? Oh, the P-40? The P-40. Yeah, yeah I, I'd almost contested the P-40 was a little too light. Yes, it was. I know was. it sounds sacrilegious, <laughs> but yes. Was, it was. The thing, this is a quarter-scale P-40. The thing would roll three, four feet and it'd be in the air. Yeah, a little silly, like the the glow, like the glow dog, the one Terry built. Um, Actually, he built that. I just flew it. Oh, I'm sorry. Good gosh, I gotta yeah. keep up. Gotta keep up. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, anyway, you guys have seen the video of that I that I put on YouTube on how to cut your own foam sheeting, because Fanfold is so hard to get a hold of, and when you do find it, it's got those little holes poked in them. Right. So. Um, so I've started slicing my own foam from um, from Home Depot, and I took a whole sheet and cut it quarter inch thick and just started building from the patterns that I made. Um, it's a built up a built up um, model. the The formers are I think they're two inches apart. I don't remember how many of them there are though. But the wing the wing has ribs. And it's sheeted with foam. Everything's quarter-inch styrofoams from Home Depot. So the fuselage of the Constellation is sheeted? Yes. It's all compound curves. How do you do that? Um, that's the great thing about working with styrofoam. It's, it compresses. Uh, wow. let, okay, it's sheeted just the way that sh it's sheeted the same way you would plank a, uh, a balsa model. But the foam is so is so elastic that um, I roll it I rolled it over a tube mm -hmm. you got you got the curve I'll bet you uh, think how many pieces it took how many curved strips it took to sheet this thing it was uh, probably nine maybe ten ten strips to cover it with each strip being side to side or front to back front to back okay so I get it Still, you didn't just rip your hair out doing this. No, actually, it was, it, it had, it, it went really fast because the all the formers are are so close together. They're like two inches apart, like I said, and these discs are put on a piece of uh, electric conduit pipe and supported above the table. You align the center line and the water lines. You put masking tape. Um, you stretch masking tape from one end to the other along the belly. And that holds all the formers in place so that they don't get cockeyed. And you glue the first strip on and just work your way down peeling the tape off. Yeah. Did you take pictures or video while you were doing that? I probably got 125 pictures. I'll probably, I mean, on the off chance that it's going to be an article or at least a RC Group's build thread, one or the other. Uh, originally, I started off with it thinking it would be like a Sunday flyer, but... It started shaping up and looking so nice. I thought, yeah, <laughs> God. So, so uh, once you have the airframe, you fiberglass it. Yes. Okay. Yes. A epoxy uh, or water-based polyurethane. Uh, you could go either way, but I like using the epoxy. I like. Okay. Uh, I, I've switched to West-based systems. I used to use Z-poxy, and Z-poxy's good, but West-based systems is. You get a gallon of the stuff, so you're not so skimpy with, uh, with the with the resin. Okay. But but she's uh, 
I, you start handling that fuselage, and you're. I was really surprised how light it was. The the fuselage with the servos, I mean, ready to fly. The fuselage is um, is one pound eleven ounces. <laughs> the fuselage, <laughs> the fuselage for my Cessna three three seven. I mean, I'm sorry, my sorry for my my one fifty right now. Just the wood is probably one pound. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Wow. Uh, Along with it, it's kind of fragile too. So you you can either build a plane, you can either build a plane to fly, or you can build one to crash. Uh, well, why do well, I always pick the latter? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get some context. How big is this? Uh, the the fuselage is um, it's five five foot two inches long. And the oh. wings the wingspan is five foot eight inches. So it's it's big enough to. Uh, I didn't want to make it giant. Uh, like again, this was supposed to be like a Sunday flyer, but then I found some retracks that would work on it great. So I put those in. Um, it's just one of them things. The 3D printer. I use a 3D printer to print the um, uh, the cowling tools for it. So they're all identical and looking really nice. So it's just one of those things that. Morphed into another another scale project for me. Do you think you might offer it as a short kit, or at least just a vacuum floor parts or something? Oh yes, anything that any vacuum form tooling that I make is going to be put on the website. Just because oh. there's there's so many people doing doing what I'm doing, just horsing around with foam and building planes. You know, it, you know, I'd really like to have this plane, but if I had cows, and then they go to the website, and there it is. So. So, I mean, there's no point in making the tool unless I'm going to make plastic parts. Oh, awesome. So, what do you think the olive weight's going to be? Well, I kind of anticipated this question. Uh, I put it on a scale this morning, and the all-up weight, without the battery, is 5 pounds, 10 ounces. Okay. And so if I now if I put a, a, a 3-cell 3900 in it, now I'm thinking that's what it's going to take... Um, the t that's going to add another, what, another 10 ounces? So, oh, no, I'm sorry, 5 pounds, 10 ounces with the battery. I'm looking at my notes. Uh, the total weight without the battery is 4 pounds, 15 ounces. Okay, that's all pretty good. I haven't figured the wing loading yet. Hmm. Now, I, I can't remember. Are you the type that finishes every last detail on a plane before you maiden it, or will you take it out bare before you start painting it? Um... Well, it depends on the weather. I mean, uh, it's right now, well, the idea was to fly it while it was primer. But the okay. weather hasn't been cooperating with me. It's sitting out in the shop right now, primed and ready for the first base coat. Um, you guys are probably going to want me to do a TWA or something, but I'm really, li I'm re <laughs> I'm really liking the, uh, uh, the, C the C-121. The one that's sitting in the Smithsonian right now. Is that the one with the uh, radar dome on it? You know, I thought about putting a radar dome on it, but no, this is uh, this is one that was flown by the Air National Guard. Uh. The Air Force used to have used to have some of them. Actually, they used the Connie to carry the. It used to be Air Force One, so I mean, right. there's really? lots yeah. and lots of options. Yeah. Do Do you remember years ago when a guy had a giant scale one at best? That's the best that I missed. 
Oh, but, but I saw the video was, though. I was there. It was beautiful, and until uh, until <laughs> he tried to land it, and it just disintegrated on landing. He, he had a kind of a hard bounce. Well, he clipped the the edge of the runway, didn't he? Uh, I think he. I think he just. I mean, he hit it so. just in the wrong spot. He had he gone a foot longer, he would have made it. Yeah, but no. But on further inspection, because I helped pick up some of the pieces, and I noticed that the wing looked horribly <laughs> underbuilt. You mean after the NTSB report? Uh, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a. There's funny. There's there was a. If you look at the old thread on it on the best, uh, there's pictures of it. There's even a little video, really crude video. You know, at the time, this was what two thousand. Six or seven or something like that. Oh, ancient history. Yeah, it was ancient history. So I was taking still pictures. I actually got a couple of good still pictures of it in the process of being disintegrated, unfortunately. And uh, there's a picture of my hand picking up a battery. Um, anyways, um, you know, I, I thought, you know, why did it... It didn't seem like it landed all that hard, to be honest with you. And when I'm looking at it, and I looked at the wing structure, I'm thinking, no, this was whoever built the wing really underbuilt it structurally. And it, that's why it disintegrated like it did. And I don't know if you ever... The fuselage all looked pretty good, so I don't know if you rebuilt it or what. I never saw or heard from it again, so I don't know if you guys have any other details. I, I saw your photographs, Fitz. I looked at it on the thread, and it looked to me like he, the wingtip contacted the ground, and that's when everything went to heck for this guy. It, it might have. Uh, it happened pretty quickly, but it, it didn't... When I was there live, it didn't look like it should have had that extensive of damage. I mean, this thing just, just, it just, it looked like it exploded. I don't think it would have happened if the builder had been the pilot. Crickets? <laughs> crickets. Explain that. I'm do, hearing do crickets. <laughs> uh, Dave, Graben, Dave Graben told me that while you guys were loading the wreckage into this guy's trailer, he overheard the guy saying, oh, it's no big deal. I'll just take it to my builder and he'll fix it. <laughs> so, okay. it was kind of kind of an arf to this guy. Oh, gotcha! gotcha. Uh, interesting. I didn't know that. Interesting story. Well, that's what Dave told me. Uh, uh, he just writes the check. Okay. Hey Keith, I'm going to back up and I'm going to say I I approve of your uh, your paint scheme for that. The military transport service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Hey, did you see the one that's got uh, tip tanks? Yes. You yes, should do I a tip tank. About just that. As, is that a super constellation? Yes. Okay. It, and actually, tip tanks would be nice because if it contacts the ground, it'll be a skid rather than a digging into the ground. <laughs> you can what, what happened those? to not building to crash? <laughs> Pardon me? <laughs> Remember, you don't build to crash. That's right. Well, it's uh, it's not crashing. It's just a little tiny scrape. <laughs> gotcha. But yeah, that'd be cool to just make little uh, tips that can slide on. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think the Air Force. I think the Air Force scheme is a good choice. I like that. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I've I've always thought that you can, if you build them really light. I mean, you can, if you build them to fly. If you build them light, they're going to fly well, and then you're not going to have a problem with landing, unless of course it's a really windy day. But the thought is, you can take a feather and throw it at a wall as hard as you can, and it's not going to hurt it. If you don't have the mass, you're not going to have the damage. Yep, that's a good theory. Before yeah. I fly my planes, I throw them at the wall to see if they stay intact. <laughs> oh, nope, not that one. <laughs> Got to build it lighter. <sighs> Force equals mass times acceleration. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
So uh, what's up with the B-52? Did you finally get it flying with all yeah, four Ducky fans? Or I figured eight? we'd segue into that. Uh, yes, I've already had three flights on it. Uh, and it's it's kind of crazy cool because although some of the guys at the field are like, Oh, no, no, you didn't. Oh, my God. Yeah, my, my, <laughs> oh, no, my, my B-52 is a tail dragger. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know. You I don't know, know you anymore. That's disgusting, isn't it? Uh, get off our show. <laughs> but, it, but it works really well. Um, uh, if you saw the video of John Morgan's plane, he, he put the wheels in the scale position, and it takes off, but it kind of it has to be moving pretty quick. And I'm, I'm glad I made the, um, the angle of attack on the wing a little aggressive because it enables him to get his plane off the ground. Uh, so was that the reason you did it? Well, actually, the the angle of attack on a on a scale B fifty two is almost seven degrees. Yeah, that's just crazy. <laughs> it could fly nose down, basically. Well, yeah. it, it pretty much does. I went with uh, yeah. three or three and a half, something like that. Um, um, but John Morgan has put flaps on his now. If you look at the build thread, he's putting flaps on his to make it easier to get it off the ground. Uh, I fly off a grass strip, so that enables me to have large wheels as a tail dragger. That's why I went that direction with it. Um, the people at my field, a lot of them's got bad feet and knees, and it's really hard to find somebody that can give me a good hand launch. So <laughs> so that's the reason for it being a tail dragger. Um, the back end of the plane just drags through the grass, and it's got wheels just right up about where the leading edge is. Uh, three and a half, four inch wheels, somewhere in there. Uh, it builds up speed, the tail picks up, I rotate and it's in the air. It's just a, it flies like a big glider. Um, my retract switch is actually a ejection switch. The the wheels fall off of the airplane. Okay. So it's, it's, it's really it's like a launch dolly. Just just like yes, a scale yes. model. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's just a it, Terry. It's really just a U-shaped chunk of foam with an axle and a rod that goes into the airplane. Okay. So, so yeah, so it just pretty much falls off the plane. Uh, I, I considered putting a spring on it so it pushes it out, but it just falls off. Uh, landing, landing, I ran into the same problems that uh, John did. John tends to overshoot the runway until you get used to it. So it, this airplane gets in ground effect, and it just does not want to land. It's just kind of like a glider. So even with all those engines hanging out there, it, it keeps gliding? Yes, uh, you get you get close to the ground. Um, I'm going to guess maybe four inches, four inches, six inches from the ground. It's it becomes real easy to keep the wings level, so it just slides right in. Now, if um, if it catches a little patch of grass, it'll turn a little bit and make the other motor, but it straightens itself out because I, I guess because the fuselage is so long. But you have to have some nice grass in my flying fields. My flying field's got some beautiful grass. The guy that the guy that's in charge of our runway, he t he's in charge of putting greens at the, at one of the local golf courses. So he's very serious about his grass. Well, that's nice to have. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I like that. So does that mean that it's a finished product now? Um, the the article is in the can. It's ready. Uh, I'm waiting on Jay Smith to let me know. Um, what kind of format or what kind of file type he wants the plans to be in because the AMA has started doing that free download plan service thing and it needs to be compatible with what most people have. Right. So that means it'll be in Model Aviation Magazine. 
Yes, probably, probably in the fall. I, I don't okay. know. I don't know what their backlog is, so it's it's hard to say. I, I'd I'd hate to predict it. Right. Well, cool. So yeah, it's uh, uh, it's 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 working pretty good. The bad and what's really strange is if you crunch the numbers, um, you know the wattage and the amp draw and all that. You know, you start putting math to it. It's not supposed to work. It is not <laughs> supposed to work. But uh, I've, I ran into the same thing that John did with these motors. They advertise that they're pulling that the Dr. Mad Thrust 40 millimeter fans are pulling 26 amps. But on all of my test runs with all of my motors, it's only pulling 18. That's I mean, a big it, difference. I know that's a huge difference. Uh, some people say it's because of the uh, it's because of the voltage drop because you're running so many of the motors. They're saying, well, the voltage drop is doing that. And a lot of wire too, I guess. Yeah, there's there's a lot of reasons, but me and John don't care because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because the the the, the, the thing flies at half throttle. Now, you had a problem early on shedding EDF blades. How did you conquer that? Um, the problems that we ran in, that I, that I ran into, uh, John went straight to Dr. Mad Thrust. I, was, I bought some of those little blue, those little blue cheap plastic uh, uh, fan units. I was trying to make it affordable. Oh, uh, sure. It, when you have eight of them, it adds up pretty quick. Yes, but uh, these, these motors, the, what happened, what was happening, they kept spitting off, they kept flinging rotor blades at me and cut, cutting my arms because I had to stand in front of the thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, to make sure that they were all running before my buddy hand launched it, but they just kept shedding. And what we found out was that it was harmonic vibrations. Um, you would see that I did one flight with those, and, and that's whenever I, I wrinkled the wing because I had to go down in the tall grass with it. I started losing fans. Um, what we found out was that the blades would rub the fan shroud and that would cause the motor shaft to melt its mount you know the way that they it's a push on it's a push on blade oh. so it would melt the plastic and uh, and my fan blade would depart the aircraft so with obvious results Yes, and that was due to harmonics because alone they run great. They're great little motors, but you put them next to each other and they fight. So uh, we needed a stronger, stronger motor mount. That's why I went with the Doctor Mad Thrust because it worked for John, and it's still and it's still working. It's great. Hmm. So what I'd like to do with this plane now is I climb to a, a scale altitude, not not stratosphere, but I. I get it kind of high, turn it into the wind, and kind of fly it like a glider at about quarter throttle, and it really extends my flight time. And you're running on two cells? Uh, no, no. Um, I started off with what John was doing, but everything comes back so nice and cool. Uh, we're running three cell, three cell 4900s. John's running 49s. I had 50s, so that's what I'm doing. But one pack. Gotcha. Unless I'm, wanting to, unless I'm wanting to fly for a long time, and then I can put two in there. But it's, uh, you know, you can mix and match. You can get a, a pair of 37s and put in there. and you, It's just, the wing loading's light enough, you, you can play around with the batteries. So, what does it sound like to spin up 
eight 40 millimeter EDFs. Uh, that's on YouTube. John recorded his first run up, and it's crazy. But in, in person, it's even. You run this thing up in the pit area, and everybody's going to land. <laughs> we, we have got to see this happen. Oh, so out of curiosity, not fear. Uh, it, you know, you hear these. Uh, God, it's small. That one fellow was running all those 049s, those three 049s. And oh, yeah, and the glider? Yeah, that would shut the field down. Everybody was like, oh, my God, what is that sound? Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Any, anybody that runs up a multi is going to shut the field mm. down. But this is this really sounds strange. Is there, is there a good chance you'll bring it to best later this year? I, I hope to. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I want the Connie, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Connie, yes, yes. Bring everything. <laughs> hey, uh, Keith, did you finish that F-16? Uh, the Dave's Byron? Yeah. The Byron? Yes. Well, can you bring that too? <laughs> no. Have oh. you flown it? No. Yeah, actually, I flew it. I flew it twice, and then I was done with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this sounds good. Oh, my hold God. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, let me get some popcorn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> huh? No, no, it was... It, Oh my! It was. Uh, I think I. I think I. Well, I wound up selling it. It's in West Texas somewhere. Um, I sold it to a guy in Abilene. The that airplane's fast. You got to put two huge bricks in this thing. Uh, two six L five thousand milliamp hour packs. But uh, but my uh. God, the the horsepower this thing had. It would jump off the ground and go straight up. And getting it on the ground, it was. My field's kind of small. In grass, but um, no, it was it was a. You get it on the ground and it, and you're like, wow, that was fun. But I am so glad it's done. <laughs> <laughs> it would be great if it wasn't for you having to put the big brick batteries in the thing. Twelve cell. Hey, I resemble well, that remark. Yeah, that's pretty much true for any big EDF. Uh huh. Now this is a Byron kit, so dates back to the 80s, I guess. Yes. And the fiberglass was pretty good? Oh, the fiberglass is great. Uh, I believe the original owner, he had it with... Uh, Dave got it from a guy that had... You could smell and, and feel the oil all over it. It, it had the, the two-stroke motor in it at one time. Uh, oh, okay. So it had flown. Yes. So it had flown as a ducted fit, uh, it flew as ducted a, fan. It, yeah, it flew as a ducted fan. The only thing I didn't like about the Byron so much is that big giant cheater hole in the bottom of them. Yes, I did not like that at all. But I guess you have to have it. Yeah, well, that's from the bad old days, so. And some of the hardware was cheesy, and I don't know. It was, it, it was a fun plane, and I hope the guy that buys it, he's, he says he's got this mile-long runway that's great and all this, so he's, he's probably happy with it because it'll, he's got more room to get it on the ground out in West Texas. Hmm. Yeah, the I, field that I flew at in Lubbock was uh, an active airport with uh-huh. surrounded by pastures, so it would be ideal for that kind of airplane. Well, I think the I think the biggest reason why I sold it was the liability. Hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. If you smack into something with that, you're going to know it. Yeah. If my gosh, you know, one of them batteries are going to light off. And then all that fiberglass is going to be burning, and 
Yeah. <laughs> we and just had to talk about re- revoking 336, and now we're talking about <laughs> we're flying missiles with yeah. prepackaged lipo bombs. <laughs> You're not helping, Keith. Yeah, Keith. <laughs> uh, no, I think I I think what I just demonstrated was the common sense that AMA members use whenever they select their airplanes. Touche. <laughs> yes, I. <laughs> I made sure I made sure it went into a uh, the airplane wound up in a desolate dirt area in West Texas where it belongs. Instead of instead of in the Dallas Fort Worth area that has a lot of assets. <laughs> well played, Spurgeon. Does that does that approve? Do you approve of that, Lee? Is that going to work? Sure, sure, it's not my decision. <laughs> I wanted to see the darn thing at best. <laughs> look, look, we look. We all know. We all know. We have responsibility and liabilities with flying our planes, and that's why we're. That's what the AMA has taught everybody, and that's what it's about. Well, in all fairness, it's kind of like you got. It's when you get older. If you know you can't drive, it's hard to tell people, "Hey, you probably shouldn't be driving anymore." When I was flying that darn Evader. I liked the Evader, but it was flying so fast. I remember when when uh, Fitz and I were at Northwest RC, and you and I tied. Was like 112 miles an hour. Fitz, uh, I think 113. I think. Yeah. Is, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Fine. You beat me by one. Uh, no. 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 We were tied, <laughs> but I think we both were like 113. But I mean, that was fast, and it was tiny, and I was like, I I don't think I have the skill to maintain this. So when I when I lost it on that landing, which you know I was just landing until it fell out, found a hole in the ground. I was like, eh, okay, I'm good. I'm done with it. I'll go back to a three-cell F-20 Tiger Shark. <laughs> I've reached my limitation because, boy, that thing is fast. Whew. Yeah, I have a plane. My BD-5 is kind of like that, which I really like it. It sounds fantastic. It sounds just like a turbine. But it's it's intimidating. It's the only plane I have that I'm a little bit afraid to fly sometimes simply because it's it's got a wing loading that's in the stratosphere. I mean, the thing's got... It just falls out of the air if you don't have any power on it. Uh, but it's just such a nice-sounding plane that I, I fly it because it sounds nice, but it's kind of scary. You know, since we're on the subject of fast airplanes, uh, there's a Ooh. there's a well, no, there's a rule that I think that that should be enforced at fields, and I it, there's I haven't heard anything like it, but. Even at, I mean, especially like at at Ceph or Best or some of the larger events where there's a lot of people. Um, I think that Best has gone has gone a little lax on having to have a spotter, and that's a good thing because slow flyers I don't think really need a spotter. No. I think right at about 50 to 55 miles an hour, the pilot should require should be required to have a spotter because they can't see that far in front of the plane. Well, speak for yourself. Oh, oh, so, so okay then. The, where I came up with this was the hotliners. How in the world can they see that tiny plane that far ahead? I have no I, idea. I and will, they, I will not fly with a hotliner. There is no way. Yeah, and no disrespect to the guy that comes out to best. I forgot his name. Uh, Michael. No, I don't know if it was whoever flies the hotliner out there. It's it's mm-hmm. pretty amazing. But I tell you, I do tend to take a step back because that thing. I mean, snap, done. <laughs> I mean, and, and I saw one... I saw that happen at best. I saw it happen at best. This poor, this guy, he had this really great looking Taylor craft. You could tell he was a little nervous. I got out from out, out from under the shade to go fly with this guy. I told him, "You need a spotter." He said, "Yeah, I sure would appreciate it." 
He's flying. There's a, this red hotliner, and this guy is zipping all over the place. He comes out of a dive and pulls up. The wing came off of this thing, and it buried it right in the middle of the runway. Scared the heck out oh. of this guy. I had. I was. You're fine. You're fine. It's over. He's like, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was what? I didn't hear anything. It buried it. It was so deep in the ground because it had oh, rained yeah. and it's out in Georgia. So, <laughs> yeah, hotliners are dangerous, and I really prefer not being on the flight line when they're flying. But I hated to see this guy might have wrecked his plane. Mm. I love to watch them. I love to watch the hotliners. They're so fast. I just don't want to be in the air with them. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to be, you know, sort of cognizant of the other pilots when you're flying those things and. Probably it's not a good idea to fly one right through the field when a bunch of people are flying. Wait until it clears out. Mm-hmm. Mm. <clears throat> so that's a no from you, Fitz, then, huh? No spotter required above 55? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got your spotter right here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we struck a nerve with Fitz. <laughs> no, I would agree that there are times when a spotter is prudent. I'm not sure that the qualifier's speed, but you got to put it somewhere. So yeah, without giving it too much thought, that seems as good as anything. Mm. But how do you figure out what 55 miles an hour is? Yeah, you hit the radar, everybody. Well, yeah. I just meant that as a, a, a ballpark. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I got it. I understand. I'll just say can't fly clients. 55. Thank you very much. Good night. <laughs> 55 is a stall speed on my plane. <laughs> yeah, you guys are funny. Uh, all right, Lee, what's, how's it going on your, uh, your project from hell? <laughs> my project. <laughs> Oh, that Cessna 150. Well, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned the last uh, episode, but the, I'm currently sans instructions because everything I'm doing now is all uh, make-believe. And, and therefore, uh, I'm just, I'm winging it literally uh, because I'm making some custom changes and it's going electric and I've, I'm cutting in a battery channel uh, or battery tray rather. Well, I'm channeling the fuselage and the formers for a battery tray. And I'm going to probably make the pilot door uh, open and closed to be the uh, battery at, battery hatch. So I think that'll be fun. Uh, but it's getting there. I mean, I, I think it'll be ready by best. <laughs> so that's, that is my goal, is to have this one done. And I picked up a paint scheme. Uh, so I'll try to work with uh, Cali Graphics. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use Photoshop to create the lines and then send her JPEGs. And I'll probably split it up so I can use uh, separation lines in the fuselage to because I, I mean it's, it's a long fuselage it's like four feet or something so uh, anyway uh, I'm, I'm happy I got my wheels in and I I was waiting for my motor but it got backwards so I'll be ordering a different one uh, but I'm not gonna this is not gonna be a, a big aerobatic aircraft I'm planning to fly at scale like so I'm not looking for anything super powerful and I don't know. It's I mean I'm actually kind of on a, a, a nice level playing field right now because I I can start doing fun things I guess I mean start actually making changes versus these crazy instructions. <laughs> Glue this <laughs> sand 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 that. <laughs> there you go. So I'm actually doing pretty good on it. It's actually I'm in a calm state. 
Your attitude sounds so much better than last time. Well, I got it. You're all right, because I actually got a lot done the other day on it. And I was like, okay, I think that might work. But I got to tell you, it's like, there's just the, if I had to go back to the the time before I was a little calmer, these darn uh, supports for the wing struts on the fuselage just were not lining up with the, the plans. And, and then I glued one in and I realized I, I glued it too far forward on, on this little stopping point. So I had to rip it apart and do it again. But now that I'm done and it's epoxied in and, you know, I feel like I got everything's uh, lined up properly. I, I kind of, kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So, well, think- every project seems to hit a, a low point about 75% in and you either finish it because you see the light at the end of the tunnel or because you're determined not to waste all the time you've already put into it. So which side are you on? I'm, I'm picking up steam. It's been sitting still for a long time, so now I'm finally okay. doing that. So you're not cursing with each new step? No, because at this point, any of the cursing is because of my own mistake, not because I can't understand these stupid instructions. <laughs> like <laughs> like that darn dihedral gauge in the electric hub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember how angry I was about that? Yeah, I, I've yeah. gone past that stage in the instructions on the Cessna 150, so now I, I do kind of feel like I'm I'm slowly moving along. I mean, it's it's getting better. I'm I'm just I'm hoping I guess because I haven't gotten the I, I don't have the motor and I, I haven't decided which battery I'm going to use. I'll probably go 5s if my CG is going to be right. I right now I do think I'm going to be tail heavy. So I got to start thinking about possibly cutting out lightning holes in the tail. I know that's not a good thing because I don't want to actually see little holes in the um, the tail. Or and because I have time to do this, maybe I forego the actual huge blocks of tail surfaces. And yeah, these are solid balsa slabs, right? Exactly, and and maybe build them up. I've got that option. Okay. Or hmm. I'll just have Key three D print me some epinage. i've just got a quick update or a few quick updates so i've um got my c47 all squared away i think and i've got the modifications necessary for aero towing my waco glider to mate to it is finished and i've done some test glides with that and i found some insignia for it actually i looked through my stash of stuff and i found some that were close enough in size to work so I'm just waiting on good weather to take this thing up. Speaking of the Waco test flight, that was awesome. We posted it on our Facebook page, but that was really impressive. All I did was throw it. I know, but it flew a long time. Oh, yeah, I was surprised. It did. I mean, not so. that you don't know how to build, but I mean, I guess you had to give credit to the champ wing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some magic airfoil on there or something. It was great. Yeah, that, I think that's definitely the way to go with it because rather than just a piece of foam sheet, I'm like, oh, no, I get some rib details and the dihedral's already built in. So, yeah, why reinvent the wheel? Man, I'm telling you, man, that is, I mean, we, we were jokingly saying, I mean, China's already making knockoffs, but that is great. I hope you did a whole bunch of how-to or, you know, build setup photos of that. Uh, yes, and... I'm still not convinced that the way I did the prototype is the right way to do it, but we'll see. I've got some ideas for a follow-up if the test flights work okay. If this, I'm really worried about the C-47 more than anything. If it turns out not to be a decent tow plane, then you know there's no point in pursuing it. But we'll see. I'm hoping to be able to fly this stuff tomorrow. The weather finally looks good. <laughs> oh, snow's yeah. gone? Well, yeah, Buffalo's um, been... This is a record... 
snow falls, aren't they? Um, I don't know about quantity, but probably duration. And and I don't even know about records. Just from my perspective as a newbie here, it's seems like it's gone on for a long time. But I'm not complaining. The sun's out today. Hopefully the wind will be somewhat calm tomorrow and I can get out to the field and fly some stuff. All right. And another one I want to fly, I've got my VQ Warbirds P-51 ready. So that should be good to go. And a third plane to Maiden is the Great Plains Wright Flyer that I picked up at that swap meet. What was it, last month? This was the plane that was literally covered in dirt and dust. Like half and the uh, weight was dust, right? Yeah, yeah at least. <laughs> so I got it cleaned up, and um, I did some modernization to it. Turns out that it isn't really open to a lot of modernization. Um this is a plane from turn of the century, and I found it very interesting that I guess in that period of time, many servos were around, but they were expensive. So this airplane used two 9-gram servos, where really 5-gram servos were more appropriate. So it uses 9-gram servos with bell cranks and these crazy long push rods out to far extremes. So I assume that a, 5-gram servos weren't available, and B, they didn't want to put four of $30 servos in this thing. Mm. So the most of the modifications I did to it involved yanking out those 9-gram servos and all the control hardware that went with it and just throwing in some 5-grams with short direct push rods. So it's got the same old brush power system. Um, I substituted the NICAD with the LiPo, and it is right at the weight that the manual said it should be. But looking at reviews from back in the day, nobody was actually getting their plane at the manual weight. So, mm. so I think it is um, a little bit lighter than it would have been otherwise. Um, but everybody said they flew good, even in original form. So I'm looking forward to trying it out. And speaking of Keith's dolly, um, I also fly at a grass field. And I ended up building a launch dolly for it little uh, PVC downspout with some uh, foam wheels and a steering setup from uh, like a, the one that would bolt to a firewall. And I've got a, there's a spectrum receiver in the airplane, a spectrum receiver in the dolly that's linked to the same profile on the radio. So the steering works both the airplane and the dolly. We'll see if it works or not. Ought to be interesting either way. If the dolly doesn't work, we'll just hand launch it. Yeah, so that's my shop update. What were you saying, Fitz? Oh, I, I had once tried building something along those lines to launch uh, way back when. I had some hand launch planes. I think one of them was a jet, and so I tried making a little dolly. Same thing with a separate receiver and a steering wheel. Uh, I don't remember getting all that far with it for some reason. I think I tried it a few times. Uh, but I don't remember why I abandoned it. Yeah, uh, this is the one that I'm using now is actually a, a rehash of an earlier project. I originally built it for an EDF and mm. then for whatever reason lost interest, but I kept the parts around. Mm. So, yeah, we'll see if it's going to work or not. Yeah, it's always good to reuse old stuff. Yeah. yeah. Every time I think I should clean up my shop and finally throw away things, 
I'll need something that I stored 10 years ago. Like, ah, there it is. I knew I'd need that one day. So, <laughs> so now I'm further convinced to never throw anything away again. <laughs> Curse of the pack rats. Well, I was going to say, Keith did the same thing. I've got these four motors. I'm going to build a constellation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I know how you feel, Terry, because actually I've been mainly cleaning up my garage uh, the past few couple of weeks. Uh, now that the weather's been pretty nice, it's comfortable out there, so I've been steadily throwing away stuff and, com- and cons- consolidating things in boxes and trying to get some organization. I want to so, know what you've found. I mean, I know you moved there, but I'm, I bet you find things. You're like, oh, I forgot uh, I had that. Yeah, I've been meaning to send you guys some pictures. I found some some real gems of stuff. Uh, I'll have to send out some some pictures. <laughs> some some stuff I forgot I had, and I'm wondering, why do I still have this? Um, and, uh, and other things. So, yeah, it's been it's been kind of a sort of a perverted Christmas going through and all these old boxes of modeling stuff and parts and old, old, old radio systems and servos and and pieces, pieces of uh, that. Remember the LMH? We talked about it before when we went to the swap meet. I saw an old LMH uh, 049 powered helicopter uh, the guy had bought. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, well, I found the carcass of one I had. It still had the engine attached. The engine's all seized up. I'm going to see if I can get the engine un- unseized. Marvel Mystery Oil. <laughs> Wait, what was that? Marvel the, Mystery Oil. oil. Oh. Gooly. <laughs> 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 I got the Marvel Mystery Oil. I didn't get what Terry said. Yeah, we don't care what Terry said. It's just Marvel right. Mystery Oil. I just okay. uh, sponsored ad. This is the helicopter you reviewed for RC Groups? Way back uh, in the Stone Ages? No, that was actually an electric one. That I did for RC groups. This was the original 049. It has a, literally has a TD 049 with a big head, big heat sink on it. Hmm, interesting. I don't remember where I got it from. I must have bought it used or something. I think uh, I saw someone ha- with a video of one at Small, right? Uh, maybe. I don't remember. Uh, well, anyways, I, I was just surprised. It's not a fully flying helicopter. It's just basically the frame, parts of the frame, and the engine was bolted onto it. Uh, and so I said, well, maybe I can repurpose the engine at least or something so but uh i'll have to go try some marvel mystery oil and see if i can get it unseized at least or at least cannibalize the thing for to fix up another override i have it's in, in sick condition uh a couple other things Did i tell you guys about the rv4 i got i think you sent us a picture of it without details oh yeah, yeah. this came up this was a i had no intention of getting one of these but this was a an offer i couldn't refuse from uh, another club member it was uh he was giving away some of his planes. And so... Um, I never uh, find those people. I know. <laughs> and so he had... Nobody made claim for this. It's the Great Plains uh, RV4R. It's like 70 inches? 70-something inches? It's a big mother. Uh, quarter scale. And and I said, well, okay, well, what the heck? And it even included an engine. It's got a OS-61, I think, in there. It doesn't look like it's ever been run, uh, and some servos. I don't think this thing's ever been flown, so it's going to need some TLC. But I thought it might be a fun project to get in the flying condition. It, it, it had some strings attached. I've got to put it together, take a picture with it, and send back to the previous owner to show that I built and flew it. Uh, but other than that, <laughs> that's the least you can do. Yeah, really. <laughs> What's that? Is there a timeline attached to that? No, there wasn't any timeline attached to it, but I understand he was in some somewhat failing health, so I probably should do it relatively soon. 
uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. I've been kind of mulling around. I'm curious how well it flies with it at 61, because it's a pretty big plane. Uh, and so if it doesn't fly there that well on a 61, I might see about other engine options. I was briefly thinking of taking the gas engine off my Valiant, sticking it on there, see how that works with that. Uh, but we'll we'll see. But right now, I, I fortunately found some space in my garage. I was surprised, but I started uh, reorganizing some stuff. And, and in fact, I sold off a couple planes. Helps too. Uh, also, I started 3D printing another airplane. Ooh. Yeah, this one is from a different company too. It's not from the same company as before. This one is from it's called a Eclipson, I guess is the name of the company. Eclipson Model Y. Uh, it's a real, it's not of anything in particular, but it's a really nice looking plane. It's really, uh, it's got uh, elliptical wings. Uh, it's got some sort of shock absorbing nose gear on it. It's, um, it's, Spell uh, it. Spell the company. E-C-L-I-P-S-O-N. Eclipson-airplanes.com. Model Y. Uh, okay. So a little high wing. Shoulder I'm not wing. sure how to describe it. It's a shoulder wing sport plane. Looks like somebody took the wings off a of Spitfire and stuck it on a uh, a trainer. Uh, it's not a big model. No, no, it's not terribly big, but it's a decent size. Okay. Uh, so we'll see how it flies. I'll do a video of it and put it together and see how it flies. Uh, uh, it, it's to try something different. This one I'll be using different material. Especially, uh, Keith, you might find this interesting because it, it's mainly ABS, but there's a bunch of parts I can print. I'm sorry, it's mainly PLA, but there's a bunch of parts I can print in uh, ABS as well, which is good. So I'm going to tool around with that. Uh, and that's pretty much it for me. I haven't really had a whole lot of time to do much stuff. So, Well, all right. Sounds okay, like well. We're still building. That? Still building? Yeah. No, I said it sounds like we're still building. That's a good thing. We're still building. Yeah, we're still keeping active. Oh, when, uh, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to talk about next week. What's next week? Oh, my gosh. Pitts. Warbird. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, upcoming events. Yes. The uh, Johnson Space Center Warbird event is next week, next Saturday on, the, was that the 28th? Yep. Get on the, get on the uh, sign-in sheet. Yep, get on the sign-in sheet. Uh www.jscrcc.com uh, We look to have a great event. Lots you can't of, just show up. Can't just show up. Please yeah. call. Uh, there's an email address for the, the president that might be on flight deck, too. I don't, I'm not sure, but just just call. Yes. Just send me an email and say, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about coming. Put my name on the list so that I can get past the security guard. Uh, and we'll uh, have, uh, we have a raffle, a really nice raffle. I forgot. I think it's a full-up P-47 giant scale oh. uh, for a raffle. Wow. I hope it's built because I don't have time to leave one in a box. It's <laughs> a quick-built P-47. Yeah. Just slap uh, in the battery because that's what I need. <laughs> and I think there'll be a couple other awards for, I think, best of, best of show and a few other things. Uh, so we're getting all organized. We're all excited for that. Early reports are that the weather is going to be good. So... Uh, we'll see. Hopefully, it holds. It holds throughout the week. This uh, is a Saturday only event. Saturday only. Okay. But you, you can bring a trailer if you need to. Uh, we'll have some food out there. We'll have entertainment. And, uh, and there's always it's a big field. Lots of open spaces. 
Uh, we'll have a gaggle. People are already talking about that, so it'll be a really good time. Define entertainment. Yeah. Now, are unfortunately, I'm going to be in and out, uh, Lee. I'm going to be there in the morning, then I'll have to head out for a couple hours, then I'll be back in the afternoon. Okay, well, I'll, I'll be bringing my camera gear and hopefully do a couple of Facebook Live posts while we're there. Yeah, yeah, I think we, uh, I think Mike Liable mentioned that uh, he was hoping you'd come up and take pictures and stuff, so you most certainly will be welcome. And I might yes. might even bring Austin, so I'll have to get him to fly a Warbird. Oh, yeah. Will the B-24 be there? You know, I don't know. It's highly likely it will, but he hasn't said yes or no on it. Okay. So, and he's got a new Corsair, he too, he built, a big one. So, and, uh, uh, Lee, you're going to, uh, um, I don't know if you know Keith Fontenot, but he has a, uh, it's an RP, um, Spitfire, but he spent a lot of time detailing it and weathering it. And it's really fantastic. Yeah. I photo, I photographed his uh, maiden. Oh, he did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really nice. Uh, oh, it's very pretty. I, I saw uh, it. At, I got video. Uh, well, I think I have photo and video of it at Bomber. Okay. I didn't know he had shown up with it over there. Yeah, that's what it was right out of the the wrapper. So oh, I, I haven't seen all the, uh, the details he put on it yet. Yeah, he attacked it with an airbrush, and it looks really, really nice. Oh, cool. Uh, I don't know. Anything else, uh, Lee, you can think of? Or anything up your end, Terry? Um, I'm sure there's stuff going on, but I don't have plans to go anywhere yet. So No. How about you, Sparks? What's going on in the, uh, the DFW world? Big, uh, the big D. Yeah, I believe we we probably have some fun flies going on. I just haven't looked at the calendar uh, because I don't have weekends off. It's an airline thing. Yeah, um, yeah my fun flies are usually done alone um, during the week. <laughs> Poor me. <laughs> but I get a chunk of the weekend off. I show up at the fun flies, though. Yeah, usually you know, there's some, some good stuff going on up in that area. It's nice having the two big cities, Dallas, Fort Worth. Uh, mm-hmm. There's usually something going on. I don't know. Do you get out to the Thunderbird Field much? Uh, that's about an hour away. Um, I like to go there. Um, I used to go there all the time, but um, yeah, it's uh, they've moved to the other side of the lake, so it adds another about another fifteen twenty minutes to the drive. Yeah, it but really it's sucks a great. It's a great field, though. Yeah, it's a very nice field. It's it's unfortunate they didn't move to the other side of the lake because it's you know mm-hmm. it's a bit of a clip. But yeah, it is. Uh, um, I guess we'll probably all be, at least I will, maybe Lee if he decides to go up uh, for the SAE event next year, I think. I think they'll have it back again. So yeah, I'll I think throw. I'd love to do that if I can, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they'll do that again. Uh, oh, speaking of SAE event, Raymond dropped something on me. He says they're seriously considering some sort of VTOL uh, competition at the SAE event. I don't have any specifics or any details, but... Something involved vertical takeoff and landing is one of the classes or something like that. In addition to what they already have? Uh, I don't have any details other than they've hinted at it, and they're, I guess they're mulling over how they would implement it. But uh, I don't know if it's... It probably would be the advanced class. So probably whatever the advanced class is will be a VTOL-related something or another. Interesting. I don't think I've ever seen them go more than three classes. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. So, and I don't know if that means multi-rotor or if that means some sort of uh, f- flying wing-based VTOL. I don't know any details, but I thought that was interesting. They're really planning on shaking it up next year. All right, then. Well, I think that'll uh, wrap it up for this episode. Uh, you guys got any last-minute uh, words of advice? 
Send those letters to your congressman. Save rule 336. Fight for your right to fly. <laughs> you gotta fight! <laughs> there you go. For your right to fly! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Terry. <laughs> I'm glad you took the ball and ran with that. <laughs> I just lob him up there. All right. All right, how about you, Sparkles? Any last words of wisdom? Don't no, call not, not, not right offhand. I think, I think, uh, I think Lee stole my thunder. I really think it's important that everybody gets a hold of, uh, gets a hold of their government, and let's try to get this squashed. I didn't steal it. We shared it. Okay. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us this time, especially you, Keith. Thanks so much. It's always fun to have you on, and you will be back, whether you like it or not. <laughs> All right, until next time. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.